Do you like my decoration? <laughs> Your decoration? <laughs> yeah, I it's funny because it was actually the very first um the very first thing that I put up when I set up like in this room or whatever cuz it's just like an unfinished drywall wall behind me like not even any any mud or tape on it or anything like that just you know bare screws and whatever and so when i first set this room up that's in here it's just a storage room so it was sitting in here and i uh just hung it up and went with it and it sat there for a while until finally i decided to do something with the wall behind me but i found it on the floor in here it's like this is perfect we're talking about halloween so i'm gonna get all spooky i can't figure this out how to how to frame it Spooky. <laughs> also, this skull behind me. I'm just oh, I'm full of skulls today. So, yeah, it's exciting. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Are y'all excited for Halloween this year? Or? Yeah, my uh, I'm I'm worried that the weather is going to be not very nice because that's like kind of one of the things here is that. You know, it's kind of, you almost get lucky if it's not cold or snowing on Halloween. Um, You know, growing up here, well, I didn't grow up in Edmonton, but I did grow up in Alberta. So like five hours away. So it's pretty much the same thing. Uh, But you kind of plan your Halloween costumes around the ability to wear a winter coat under it or over it. (laughs) Wow. So so yeah, it's the last few years have actually been really nice. So I'm hoping I haven't looked, you know, to see what the weather's supposed to be like, because we're still you know, a week and a half away or whatever. But um, at the time we're recording this anyways, by the time it comes out, it'll only be a few days. Hooray. Happy Halloween. Yeah. Um, But yeah. So the kids all now have their costumes. They got them. In fact, I was going to, you were, you, I tried logging on early uh, so that I could get set up, but you were like ready and willing to go. But I had this like sweet mask that my, (laughs) it's totally, (laughs) it's totally a kid's mask. And I was going to like get, set up with like it on my glasses over top of my hat over top of it but you were you were knocking on the door so i'm like all right don't have time to get set up but yeah we're we're looking forward to halloween um do you yeah. guys because yeah you're in a house right like do you have the, yeah the kids can come knock on your door yeah we actually uh this will be our first halloween in our house um because none of our neighbors did Halloween last year. Um, and so uh, there are a lot of kids on our street and our next door neighbors really like to go out uh, for all out for the mm. outdoor Halloween stuff. So we're, th- we're thinking this will be a good way to just kind of get to know our neighbors a little bit better. And uh, but we will not have to worry about cold weather uh, here yeah. in Texas because because <laughs> normally um, we've it, it's actually been a little chilly here and there. Yeah. But um, uh, most Halloweens are not cold here. We don't really get cold weather really until late November, early okay. December. Yeah. Uh, but we did have a really bad snowstorm uh, back in February. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and and uh, it proved that uh, the grids couldn't really handle it here. So when we're hearing that we could have another pretty tough winter. So right. we're not. We're not really looking forward to winter, which all you Canadians can just laugh at us silly Texans and be all like, welcome to every year living in Canada. Well, I won't I won't lie. I for sure. Um, I heard about your guys's, you know, winter storm last year. Yeah. And uh, I mean, but it, there were some there were some great stories that I guess came out of it. But yeah, we were kind of sitting here on the other end going like, really, really? But, you know, it's, it's yeah. totally understandable. I 
I get it. I've, I was in Texas once. <laughs> I went to Dallas <laughs> once for 24 hours. It was, oh. it was February. It was the middle of February. In fact, it may have been Valentine's Day. And it was like, I don't know what this would be in Fahrenheit, but it was like a nice, not hot, but like a nice summer day here. But it was the middle of, you know, what would be the dead of winter up here in right. Texas. So I was like, oh, that's so wild. But mm-hmm. yeah, I was there for one day. <laughs> I had some... <laughs> Tex-Mex and then uh, hopped on a plane. What were you doing in Dallas? Yeah, so this is this is random because I was going to India. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What? So here's how it works. I was going to India on a work trip. Like it was a media trip sort of thing. And we were going to check out this organization uh, that had kind of like worked alongside our radio station at different times. And so how it worked though, is there was a group of Canadian radio and media people that were going, and there's a group of Americans that were going as well. So the Canadians all met in Toronto, like our flights all kind of got in around the same time into Toronto. And then uh, we all hopped on the same flight from Toronto to Dallas, where we met the American team, stayed the night there, like got all together and, uh, and then like went out for Tex-Mex cause that's where they took us. I forget the restaurant. It was good, but whatever. Um, and then the next day in the morning or I guess early afternoon, we all flew out from Dallas to, to India. Like we went to, um, we went to Heathrow in London first and then London on to new Delhi. But uh, it's always this funny wow. thing. Cause yeah, the trek was, the trek was so weird, right? Like I went from Edmonton yeah. to Toronto, which makes sense. And then I went from Toronto and technically would have come back West to get to like Southwest to get to Dallas. And then, would have flown across and kind of <laughs> connected from wow there. yeah yeah so but I, I do remember being outside and it was february and the grass was green and it was so nice out and i was like this is wild because where i just came from it was just horrible cold weather uh but yeah i i feel your pain i no i don't <laughs> no. no no i don't no. get it at I, all <laughs> i mean it, it's kind of like this if you live in texas you're gonna have to deal with extreme heat in the summer you can yeah. drive on hot roads as compared to extreme cold when it's right. icy. Yep. It's scary to drive on. Yeah. Well, and that's, and that, I mean, that's the thing is, so my wife, her family is all from Vancouver Island, which is West of here. And it's, uh, you know, a lot more similar weather wise to say like Seattle area. Um, yeah. So it doesn't get like, It'll obviously get colder than Texas, but they don't really get stretches where it's really cold and snowy and all this kind of stuff. So when it does snow, I, we've been there over Christmas a number of times. And whenever it snows, people are just like freeze up and, uh, you know, how do you drive in the snow? And meanwhile, I'm like, bro, it like snows. If it doesn't snow before Halloween, it's like kind of a bit of a surprise sometimes, you know, <laughs> it's, it's typically not necessarily that there'll be snow on the ground at Halloween, but it'll it can snow before then and then you know usually by mid-november the snow is here for the remainder of the winter until like almost may sometimes <laughs> but uh see you wow. kind of get used to it but um you guys obviously you know aren't used to that and that's fine that's cool you have to yeah. live in texas i i don't know why i said that like like it was like an insult like you have to live in texas when knowing full well where i live is really no better <laughs> you know you, you just got to see the ups and the downs yeah, of wherever you 100%, live, you know 100 you know yeah but um yeah so this this episode that we're going to do i don't 
I did. Uh, I have zero prep done for this episode. Um, I have a little bit of prep. Okay, cool. Like my prep was watching Halloween last night, but I didn't like take notes or anything because I'm like, I don't know how in depth we're going to go as far as like the movies concerned sort of thing, because so just to fill the listeners in, we were talking about doing kind of branching out the whole idea with um, kind of bringing like you onto the show more regularly is just a, just to kind of branch out in different directions a little bit. And so right. we, we were kind of talking a little bit about, um, I just said, Hey, it'd be fun to kind of just talk about some movies, which we'd mentioned. I don't know if it was in the episode we recorded that was lost to the, the gremlins or if it was in the episode that actually was released, but we talked briefly about, you know, how we had uh, bonded a little bit over like Kevin Smith and stuff like that. Right. So we, yeah, yeah. we've got some, some similar interests in regards to movies. Um, and so I thought, Hey, it'd be cool if we could kind of branch out a little bit, talk about some movies, trying to keep it within the realm of, you know, the whole punk hardcore DIY, the DIY will probably be the really big, aspect meaning we'll probably focus a lot more on independent movies when we talk about them and then punk sure. and hardcore like documentaries and stuff like that but yeah um but so i decided last last second last minute to call an audible because we had an entirely different episode we were gonna do that is and, correct yeah and i i knew you were a fan of of uh horror movies in general and i i yes. knew you were a fan i've seen you tweet about halloween and uh and i thought oh this could be fun that you know, we could, we could talk about Halloween, the movie, and then get into, you know, just kind of some of those like horror punk bands, uh, that sort of realm of, of punk and hardcore and stuff. So, yeah. um, yeah, so, th so this should be fun first. So from what I understand though, uh, I've, I, the, my first, my first like introduction to the whole Halloween franchise was actually Halloween H2O, which, uh, oh no, we were talking about something else. I was gonna say I thought that might have been your first one too, but no, we were talking about the Freddy Krueger movies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, new, new nightmare. Yeah, yeah, but um, but so Halloween H two O or H twenty? I don't know how they H two O. Yeah, as I say, that's that's what it looks like. To anyway, just like Toby Morse's band, exactly. Know? Yeah, bringing yeah. <laughs> it, bringing the tie-in to punk. There it is. That's that's the official tie-in. There's a movie that shares a name with a punk band. Um, <laughs> No, but that, so that was my introduction to the Halloween movies. Like I'd heard the name Michael Myers before, you know, um, which was funny to me at the time, because when that movie would have come out, it was 1998, I think 20 years later. So is that right? Does that add up 98? So I think Halloween, the first one takes place in 78. Anyway, whatever it is, whatever that window is, but, um, he's but talking, so, I'm checking the IMDB. Yeah. And so as I was gonna say, Michael Myers the funny thing was to me anyways, at that time, obviously like uh, the Austin powers movies and, you know, stuff like that, like Mike Myers was a household name. So that always made me laugh that there is this, you know, like psychotic serial killer whose name is Michael Myers. Meantime, there's this, you know, like Saturday night live alumnus who's making, you know, massive movies at this time with the same name. <laughs> so right. Um, right. that was always kind of funny to me, but was it, was it 98? Yes, it was 1998. And I saw it in the theater. Impressive. Uh, because, um, you know, for me, I, I remember uh, living in New Orleans and I think either Halloween four or five uh, was out. And I remember seeing the theatrical poster for it and being kind of freaked out as a kid. And I saw a lot of uh, posters for horror movies that I didn't see until I was in high school or college. And 
so the thing was, is that I have Scream to really thank for yeah. getting me into to horror movies. And uh, this was also around the time that USA and uh, Comedy Central of all uh, stations played horror movies <laughs> in uh, in October. Sure. Yeah. And so that really got me into it. And then uh, I I had known these guys uh, that were really into Scream. And I started hanging out with them more. I had known them all throughout high school, but it wasn't until the end of high school that I really hung out with them. And I watched Halloween. And then uh, my friend Tim said, as it cut to credits, it's like, you know, Halloween two starts off uh, right as Halloween one ends. And I'm like, oh, I got to see it. I got to see it. And that began a love of horror movies. I mean, I had seen Psycho before. I had seen uh, randomly the ending of uh, Friday the 13th, yeah. the, the canoe sequence. Sure. Uh, when, I, when I was a very young kid, I had seen um, Jason Goes to Hell uh, as a freshman in high school. And that was a, a very eye-opening experience as somebody that had never <laughs> seen such explicit uh, gore or nudity in one film. And you got plenty of that in the first yeah. 10 minutes. But um, but when uh, I saw Halloween the first time at my friend Tim Wise's house, that really cemented something. And uh, I have become a huge horror fan. My wife is a huge horror fan. She used to have a podcast called The Macabre Cast. And uh, she even uh, had a booth at Texas Frightmare Weekend, the mm. annual uh, horror convention. Yeah. Uh, she, she is very, very well-versed in the horror industry. M me, not so much. Uh, but it was, it's been a great experience uh, going to Texas Frightmare Weekend here and there and, and getting to meet uh, people like, uh, you know, Malcolm McDowell. I'm actually looking at my signed uh, uh uh, eight by 10 that he signed uh, George Romero. I got to meet him a few years before he died. I got to, we got to meet um, Dario Argento. So uh, horror is something that's very near and dear to my heart. Uh, and it, it's, it's just kind of interesting about how like um, depending on when you get into the misfits uh, mm. it's, it's like you can listen it's like the misfits kind of introduce you to a lot of horror movies that you may or may have not heard of, right. but, but it seems like everything really kind of ties all the way back to Halloween. And we're talking about the 1978 one. And uh, my wife and I just uh, watched uh, Halloween kills mm -hmm. and without spoiling anything, but there are ties directly back to the 78 uh, Halloween. Yeah. I think so, I, I had read up or heard that the new, cause there's, wasn't there a Halloween that came out like two years ago or something? Uh, Halloween 2018. Yes. Yeah. Which I think from what I understand is supposed to be like a direct sequel to the first one or the second one, something along those lines where I'd, yeah. I'd even read a thing where it basically like retconned everything that came after that. So all right, the sequels right. down. So, I mean, I don't know a lot about it. the only two I've actually seen are the original and then Halloween H2O. But I did want to I did want to go back to something you said real quick about yeah. having Scream to thank for that. Uh, I'm mm -hmm. assuming you're talking about the uh, hardcore punk band from the from the 80s. Oh yeah, the Franz Stahl and <laughs> Pete Stahl band. You know yeah, that Dave yeah. Grohl later so, joined. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, uh, <laughs> I heard. Did I send it to you? As this, I, I sent it to someone. Maybe it was you. But a wild story that Dave Grohl shared actually to kind of while he was in Scream, they were playing in Toronto and 
Iggy Pop had a like a record release show that was just yes. for like you know like record industry people. So initially, yes. like the, the yeah the guys were like, hey, oh, sweet, he's playing before us. We get to go see you know this this um, Iggy Pop yeah, record release show, and they're like, oh no no no, it's just for the record execs and people in you know in the biz as it were. And so <laughs> they're a little bummed out, but they're sitting there in uh, in their van waiting for the show to start later. And they get a knock on the door and someone asks Dave Grohl, are you, are you the drummer? Uh, yeah. Well, I- Iggy wants you to come play with him. He's going to play some songs off the new record. And so just like this wild thing where he's, you know, he was even saying like, I think, I don't even know if he was, he was like maybe 18 years old at the time. And he's yeah. going to knock on the door to go play with Iggy Pop, which is just wild, right? It's funny that you're bringing this up because you actually didn't message me about it Funny. however <laughs> yesterday i was listening to the audiobook yeah of the storyteller and yeah. dave grohl talks about that that's funny. now to just kind of show you what technology is i was about six hours into a 10 hour youtube video because this very nice person <laughs> uploaded the entire audiobook yeah. onto youtube and then i'm six hours in and then it cuts out and says video has been deleted by user. <laughs> no doubt. No, I, uh, like that kind of, cause when is that book? I just heard about it. Is it new or has it been out for a bit? Yeah. It's been okay. out for a couple of weeks. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah. Yeah. And uh, I, I would say that if you have been fascinated by Dave Grohl, hundred uh, percent, you'll, you're going to love this book. Yeah. If you absolutely hate his Forrest Gump of punk rock sort of <laughs> worldview, yeah. you're going to really hate him. Yeah, but, yeah. uh, but you know, I've I've loved what he's done ever since I heard Nirvana for sure, the first yeah. time. Yeah. So so yeah, it's it's just like you know he he has great stories to tell. Well, that's that's just it. Like I I mean I read uh, this is a call, which obviously he doesn't share a ton of stories in that because he I mean it's all about him and the band sort of thing, right? Like right. But I'd be interested to read uh, Storyteller just to kind of get some of those those stories, I guess. But um. Yeah. yeah, I was I was curious how much William Goldsmith is mentioned, and uh, he's briefly mentioned. <laughs> yeah, that's that's fair. We're, we got to tie it all back to. Um, I was just while well, I was just listening to an LP two by Sunny Day Real Estate uh, just a few days ago, and like the the vinyl I bought actually has kind of kind of the story of the breakup in it because obviously that record came out it was right you know after they broke up or whatever, so it kind of covers a lot of that and all i could think because they're talking about you know um going to play with uh dave Grohl and this new band foo fighters that he had started and all i can think is like well that didn't end so well for one of you <laughs> right well it was actually a situation where the band was broken up but they were already committed to recording yeah. the second album yeah. and jeremy enoch didn't really have lyrics written yeah so he kind of made up lyrics on the spot dan horner did all of his parts later and then they put it out and people are all like, oh, my God, this is such a profound, like lyrical record. And Jeremy Enoch's like, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But but uh, but yeah, I mean, like it's it's Dave Grohl's got plenty of wild stories. Adam Wade of uh, Jawbox and Shudder to Think told me that Dave approached him in seeing if he was available to uh, do like this live version of the Foo Fighters. Hmm. But he's but he said. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm just so busy with Shutter to Think, but he, but they were at a Sunday Day Real Estate show, and he pointed up at the stage, and it's like, but I know two guys that are about to become available. Right? Yeah, 
That's wild. That's wild. And um, you can read it in my book post. <laughs> yeah, as I say, I think I did. <laughs> um, <laughs> but back back to Scream, the movie, uh, yeah, the, the yeah. franchise, not the band. Uh, right. That was that was kind of my introduction to that world too. I may, I'm trying to think. Well, because yeah, because uh, New Nightmare came out before 94. Scream. Yeah, so two yeah, years 94. before Scream. Yeah. So I may have seen that one before Scream, but Scream was for sure the first one that I felt was like kind of more geared towards like me, I suppose, in that sense. Like I was, you know, I was the audience versus the other ones coming out. I was a little younger, wasn't quite there yet. Uh, yeah. Like, you know, even then, like 96, I only would have been 12. So not not that old, but uh, but like yeah. all those other ones came, I was, I was much younger. And in some instances, not even born yet, but um so it, that's kind of what introduced me to that whole world. And then it also kind of reignited that whole slasher world. Right. Like, mm-hmm. um, you know, cause then that's, I want to say that's kind of when Halloween was brought back with H2O a couple of years later. And stuff yeah. Like well, given the success of, I know what you did last summer, Scream yeah. two, uh, urban legend. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, th- these are like, uh, or just, you know, to a certain degree, disturbing behavior, that's not a great as, movie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> There was the faculty, which was much more yes. of a sci-fi movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but but uh, Scream had found this winning formula, mm-hmm. and um, and the, and like and then I know what you did last summer. You know, made it even bigger. And yeah. so by the time that they did Scream Two, and then they did Halloween H Two O, you know, if it, 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 for me it made a huge impact. And it was also around the time that I was really getting into pop punk. As I think about it, is that um, you know I was listening to strung out the vandals and <laughs> and uh watching a lot of horror movies you know just trying <laughs> to catch up now now i should mention this I, I recently tweeted about this but every movie that is referenced in scream i mean halloween is frequently referenced in it i mean they actually show footage from it yeah but every movie that is ref- directly referenced in scream i have now finally seen and right on. The, and the last holdout that i had uh, randomly a few weeks ago on Turner classic movies, the bad seed was on. Oh, okay. And so I watched it and my wife and I were like, this movie is really campy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause it, cause it essentially, it means like, you know, how can like this sweet, innocent girl murder a kid and you find out she did. And, and so it's all like, you know, when you hear uh, talk about, uh, the bad seed, the town that dreaded sundown, Halloween. I just being a curious person, I was I wanted to in, investigate, you know, all these things. And so it I mean, I'm still investigating horror movies to watch. And uh, I've discovered some gems. I've discovered some absolute turds. But it you know, it's it, it kind of it's it's like for me, like getting into a punk band and wanting to hear everything that they released on seven inches and compilations. Yeah. It was kind of, it was kind of the same sort of uh, uh, adventure for me with getting into horror movies. Hmm. Yeah. Like I, uh, the, you, going back to your, you know, you've discovered some gems and discovered some turds. I kind of, I think typically when it comes to horror movies for me, the ones I enjoy more are the ones that maybe they weren't always turds because like, obviously if you look at a movie like Halloween it was made in 1978 or at least released in 1978 
it shows its age in that regard a little bit, right? Like horror has, horror has changed over the course of time and over the course of films. Like even just looking at, you know, you, you like scream how much it references all these old movies. Well, scream to me, like was a lot more the, the violence in it was a little more, I mean, in that opening scene, you get Steve, the boyfriend who's disemboweled on the patio, right? Like, yeah. Like comparing it strictly to Halloween, you don't see anything even really close to that. Obviously, you start getting into, you know, the Nightmare on Elm Street movies and they literally have gallons upon gallons upon gallons of blood, (laughs) you know, that Mm -hmm. are just like spraying all over the place. It it takes a bit of a turn. But as far as like in the strictly like the slasher sense, I think uh, things have definitely gotten a little gorier over the years and a little less. Like for me, anyways, maybe a little less fun. Like Halloween is fun to me. Like it's goofy. It's, you know, it's been memed up for so many good reasons. Like just the different shots of Michael Myers, like poking his head around the bush or standing yeah. in the laundry, you know, just like yeah. the, the creepy, you know, guy that's just hanging out and it's, you know, sad. But, um, but yeah, like I, I kind of am more of a fan of that sort of thing these days as opposed to like, getting into movies like saw and stuff like that where there's like let's see how far we can take the gore guys yeah it's it's funny that you say that because my wife and i just watched spiral uh and uh it it was it's an actually an okay spinoff of the saw movies i the saw movies are like a totally different sort of thing to talk about but i'm actually a huge defender of those movies because i firmly believe that they are film noir they're, right. they're more rooted in film noir. Oh, but with scenes of torture, but people just want to pass it <laughs> off. It's just like, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But, but, but it's like, there's, there's kind of this fun in a lot of horror movies that the good horror punk bands, they seem to, to get it right. You know, whether it's the misfits, uh, a certain degree, AFI early, uh, alkaline trio. Um, and then you have, uh, a tiger army mm-hmm. um you know where there are those bands that uh, i think it might also go right back down to the cramps is that if you can remember the fun of just uh trick-or-treating as a yeah. kid but you do it as a responsible adult or as an irresponsible adult um <laughs> it it can make for something very fun um and so uh you know, where am I going with this? All, all I can say is that there's there's a lot of great punk bands that are inspired by horror movies. And, uh, you know, I was actually jamming out to some AFI earlier today and yeah. I hadn't I hadn't really listened to AFI in a long, long time. But uh, that Black Sails and the Sunset record, it, uh, a lot of it has held well over the years. I'm t- I, I just the longer that I've gotten older, the less and less I care for Dexter Holland's backing vocals. Oh, a hundred percent. A hundred percent. That's honestly like one of my biggest things with um with AFI is not so I, I, I guess it would be um is hearing where Dexter Holland was actually in my mind influenced by AFI. You know, like yes. the, the classic for me, we I, I can remember going to shows and uh, standing at the back of the room um during this one show with a buddy and we were just joking about how easily you could turn every punk song into an afi song just by going whoa like in the background sort of thing so we were just like on the choruses we just kept doing that on these songs just kind of being goofy and then it dawned on me i was like it's the same thing with the offspring 
except those like elements I feel came in kind of later with the offspring. Me kind of taking that as like, okay, was Dexter, you know, obviously signed the band. Was he, you know, influenced by, by the band in that regard. But yeah, um, yeah it's, it's so, it's so funny. Dexter Holland and the offspring. Not, not for me. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll, I'll also tell you this. I might've told you this when we were talking about hot water music, mm-hmm. but um, did I tell you about the, the one and only time I chose to be in a mosh pit? Mm, I don't know if you did. Okay. All and right. If you so, did, I'm excited to hear it again. Okay. All right. Well, the same show that I had seen hot water music play and they totally changed my mind about them uh, was uh, AFI played before sick of it all. Now there was no way in hell I was going to be in the pit during sick of it all. Sure. Yeah. Because uh, there were some very scary dudes just hanging around <laughs> uh, wearing, and this is in 1998 and people were wearing overtly racist t-shirts. And I was yeah, like, yeah. yeah, I am not, not uh, no, 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 no. But yeah. the thing was, is that I was there with some friends and I just said to myself, I'm going to be in the mosh pit <laughs> and during, well, during AFI yeah. and uh, I got knocked around, but it was fun. But after that, I was like, I'm good. I, I don't think I have to be in a, uh, in a mosh pit again, but this was, this is when the all hollows EP was about to come out. Mm -hmm. And I should also mention this. It was like two nights before Halloween and uh, Davey havoc really liked to talk about how, like it's the Eve of all hollows Eve. (laughs) And, and, and I just thought like, they're just doing this for kitsch. You know, they're, they don't really mean this. Right. And then I think by the time that they were doing uh, girls, not gray and uh, miss murder, I was like, Oh wait, they, they do really they do mean this. Yeah. I had a I had a similar thing with Alkaline Trio. Yeah. Is that uh I think it's on the back of God damn it or a, another recording where where they have like the black makeup under their eyes, right? And uh, I thought like oh they're just being kind of funny, goofing on you know riffing on the Misfits sort of thing. But by the time that they got to the Good Morning record in Crimson, yeah, yeah. and how they were like essentially kind of like walking vampires i was like oh uh they, <laughs> they mean, mean this yeah but you know what it's funny because i've I've never been able to like there's been fits and starts i've had with afi uh the, the probably my strongest memory of afi i can't remember which song it is but the music video that starts with davy havoc saying like all my life i wanted to be in a hardcore band and that to me like introduced um introduced me to like oh hardcore isn't necessarily like hate breed <laughs> you know what true, i mean like um, i want to see if i can figure out what song that was for it was i i think that's from answer that and stay fashionable or Maybe. very proud or very proud of you because it was like they they do an homage to reservoir dogs i think yeah that sounds right yeah um is it he who laughs last yes yeah that's that's it um yeah so like at the beginning i I'm going to, I'm going to share my screen. Cause we're going to experience this together. Okay. Um, <laughs> because it's just, I don't know. It, uh, how do I do this? I can't remember how to share my screen. Oh, there it is. The big green button that says share screen. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be in a hardcore band.
Anyway, that uh, that introduced me to the world that like hardcore didn't have to be hate breed. <laughs> so yeah. that's a win. That that's very interesting. That you know you you thought that only hate breed and you know, like other uh, victory bands, yeah, were, were hardcore. But then when you hear bands like H two O and AFI, yeah. it's like oh, there's there's a whole other thing to this, right? Sorry, I had to figure out how to stop sharing my screen now. Uh, yeah. yeah, no, it was it's it's interesting because I still sometimes like I'm in a world right now where I up until I would say the last year and a bit, it was like, oh right, you know, listening, I guess maybe a bit more than that, but just diving into a lot more of those older bands. That's something I've kind of been doing more recently. And then yeah. hearing those bands and going, right, it wasn't always like full-on like you know the screams we've got now and the massive like breakdowns where every song is just building towards that breakdown um you know it was just faster aggressive you know a lot of it sounds kind of still similar to you know that that early punk without being as snotty if that makes sense yeah um yeah but anyway that was good old afi but oh so what i was what i was saying to you before or saying before that was like AFI for me, I always kind of had, you know, bits and pieces that I liked, whereas Alkaline Trio, even though their lyrics in Good Morning, I think is, I'm, I'm going to say it's my favorite Alkaline Trio record. Um, mm-hmm. I really love it. And, uh, but like their lyrics, yeah, like they're, they're violent, they're gory lyrics, but the way that they string them together, you know, through their melodies and stuff like, like, it's just so well done you know Mm -hmm. like we went through alkaline trio records uh it was last summer like a a year and a bit ago and uh, we went through a number of them and some of them i had never really listened to and when i put them on i was like oh this is it like see i thought you know at some point in time they just kind of got meh but no they kept going right like they all of their records are pretty solid like obviously some i like more than others but they're pretty consistent band uh which is you know you can't say that about every band. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I, I freely admit the last alkaline trio record that I really dug into was this addiction. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but they put out a couple of records since then, you know, like my, my shame is true or something. Yeah. That was one. Yeah. And yeah. And, uh, and you know, Matt's been doing great stuff with blink. Yeah. Uh, and you know that's that's been awesome to see him do, uh, but uh, you know, God damn it is is such a great record mm. start to finish. Yeah. Uh, um, well, except for that one song where it's like, I hope he bought you flowers. <laughs> I, that, yeah, or, or I hope he bought you roses. I mean, it's just like that really really sad sack song <laughs> that that Dan Andriano uh, sings. So. But Dan is the best part of Alkaline Trio. I'll stand by that. He he writes all my favorite Alkaline Trio songs. Um, but did, did did you know that there was a Twitter account? It might still be up, but it's called Dan Andriano's Lisp. <laughs> no, but that's amazing. That yeah. is amazing. Okay, maybe you can answer a question for me because Dan Andriano always knew that he had a lisp. Yeah. And I, maybe just confirm whether it's not just my ear or not, but does Dave Yvonne Bolin have a lisp? Yes. Okay. Oh, yes. yes. Yes, he does. Okay. Because sometimes I can't, you know, like in listening to guys sing, I'm like, sometimes you just can't tell. I'm like, it sounds like he has a list, but is it just the way he pronounces some words? But yeah, so that's, that's something that's been uh, 
in the back of my mind anytime I listen to uh, the Promise Ring and and Alkaline Trio or Tuesday for that fact. Let, let me just say this about Davy Von Bolen: is that it, it's one thing for him to like answer a question that you ask him; it's another thing for him to act flustered and sigh at one of your questions. <laughs> uh, that has happened was, to me both. Yeah, it's, that's that's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> and uncomfortable. <laughs> oh, oh yes, it is. Yeah. Do I you mean, have Do you have an audio recording of it, or was it just like were you jotting notes and he? Oh, I have the audio recording. It's on a tape. I have yeah. a whole I have a whole box yeah, yeah. of all the cassettes that I recorded my interviews for post in. Yeah. Is it weird that now you live? I mean, I guess because when did you write that book? Uh, it was published 12 years ago. Yeah. So it's probably weird that I guess because you're writing working on the second one. So are all of your interviews like done just over the computer now and recorded digitally versus on cassette? Correct. Yeah. yeah. Everything <laughs> is done digitally. Yeah. And um, yeah, because uh, my the guy that actually gave me a chance at Punk Planet, Kyle Ryan, told me years and years ago, it's like you're still recording on cassettes. Eric, just get a digital recorder and your yeah. life, your life will never be the same. You'll never look back. And he was right. Even this one right here, like what I'm using. Yeah, this mic I'm using. It's just a it's just a, a Zoom H1. So it's designed to like take it with you. I interviewed. um the only time I've actually taken it anywhere to interview someone was the band Living with Lions, which they're like two of the members are from actually maybe three of the members now are from Comeback Kid. Um, oh, great. Yeah. But so we did an interview a couple of years ago. It was funny because they were actually in town because um, Chase plays bass in Comeback Kid and then Lauren is the drummer in both bands. But uh, so I we were sitting down to do this interview. They were in town with Comeback Kid. So through the through the whole interview, through the whole episode, I I wonder if I still have it because I can't remember if I lost it or not, but um, you can just hear the band sound checking and it's so loud. And at one point in time, uh, like, so we moved to like a, a green room or whatever. Then in the middle of the interview, we're just sitting down, hanging out, chatting. I got the mic set up and all of a sudden one of the, uh, like the venue staff just comes in and is just dumping buckets of ice into a cooler. And it's just so loud. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. ah, I'm not using this to like write something. I'm using this for people to listen to it in the background. You just hear <laughs> I'm like, Frick, yeah. man, like, but it is what it is. <laughs> it was still fun. I could take it with me. And then they were like, Hey, you going to stay for the show. And I didn't, oh. <laughs> I, like, I don't know why it was comeback kid. They're letting me stay for free, but I'm like, I got to get home guys. Like, which was a bit yeah. of a bummer, but right. Yeah. And Hey, it happens. You know, it does. Um, but Halloween, uh, <laughs> oh so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Halloween. Yeah. Um, I mean, did you ever really get into the misfits? No, uh, my, my, like, I guess like most in-depth experience with the misfits was, uh, when they were involved in professional wrestling for a short period of time. Oh, WCW. Yeah. yeah. WCW. Yep. That would be that. Like I knew who they were. I always knew who they were just listening to punk rock. You know, the misfits were one of those names that you always heard. Right. Right. But I never, never really got into them. And then when they showed up on WCW one week, I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. Wait a minute. This is crazy. And then, I mean, looking back on it, I think I watched, uh, there's a YouTube video that came up that was like the misfits in WCW. And it was just like this look back at it. And I was like, that's pretty brutal. <laughs> like that yeah. wasn't, you know, that was, that was pretty rough, but good for them. I suppose got them on like national TV every week for a little bit there. So that's cool. 
Yeah, it was a huge thing when that coffin box set came out yeah. in the in the 90s where it had all the lyrics. It was essentially everything that they had ever recorded. Yeah. And um, I have to say that uh, two of those four discs are great. The other two are just like, <laughs> oh, this is really, really bad. Like these yeah. are really poorly done, you know, demos or something. But but it's all there. Yeah. And um, I also really got into their American Psycho record that they did with Michael Graves okay. uh, on on vocals. And he did an admirable job. I mean, that song Dig Up Her Bones. I remember that being on 120 Minutes. Mm-hmm. And uh, I still think that's a great song. And I did see a version of The Misfits in the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. It was when the Devil's Ruin record came out and uh, they played all of it. They had Des Kadena from Black Flag playing mm-hmm. with them. Yeah. And uh, Jerry only is not a lead singer. Um, So (laughs) but to show you like, you know, the kind of draw that say the trio version of the Misfits versus the Glenn Danzig version of the Misfits um, is that uh, the Misfits, when when I saw them played at Trees, which uh, is the memorable venue where Nirvana played on the Nevermind tour and a fight broke out. But then with the addition of Doyle back in the band, as well as Glenn Danzig, they could play an arena where uh, basketball teams play. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> that's what they did in New Jersey a yeah. couple of years ago. I mean, it's just like that's the kind of pull. And like, honestly, like seeing the footage of the reunited Misfits is pretty fantastic. Oh, and also you have Dave Lombardo playing drums. Uh, that's a very choice sort of thing. But it's it, but it's like, um, you know, when they play Halloween or Halloween two. of those movies mm-hmm. and and i think about that um and i know i'm kind of jumping all over the place because we're talking about stuff that really excites me but i will <laughs> say I, I will say this i i i as i remember it as as i said like oh i got into halloween and halloween 2 and all this and halloween h2o 
I think the first, yes, no, the real first Halloween movie I saw from start to finish, Halloween 6, The Curse of Michael Myers, (laughs) which, yikes. Which one is, is there one where they, uh, it's like supposed to be like a reality TV show set up where they have a bunch of. That's Resurrection. Okay, Um, okay. That came after uh, H2O, but uh, the, the sixth one has a young Paul Rudd in it. Oh, amazing. Uh, playing a grown-up version of Tommy Doyle, okay, and and it was Donald Pleasance's last film role. All right, and uh, and the thing is, is that there's the director's cut, or no, there's the producer's cut, and then there's the theatrical cut. Um, the 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 theatrical cut I still think is absolutely terrible. But my coworker John, who is a huge misfit Sam Hain horror punk dude playing in a horror punk band, um, he lent me the producer's cut, and I watched it a couple of years ago, and it's actually decent. Hmm, there you go. So, so okay. yeah, but but yeah, like uh, starting off with seeing Revenge of Michael Myers, or no, I'm sorry, uh, Halloween Six, The Curse of Michael Myers. Yeah, uh, I I don't know why, but as awful as that movie is, but it got me interested in seeing all of them. And I have seen all of them. Yeah. And uh, I hated Halloween three for a long, long time. That's the one that does not have Michael Myers in it, but uh, weird, but yeah. uh, But it was that thought of like, well, they killed off Michael Myers at the end of uh, the second one. So, you know, let's do like a Halloween movie every year about Halloween spooky tales. (laughs) And, uh, and, and it's just like, uh, Halloween three is just kind of this nice little anomaly in the series, but, uh, but yeah, it, it's, it's just, it's, it's a fascinating thing to go back through and, and enjoy. But the truth is, is that I'm now very selective about what Halloween sequels I want to see kind of in a way, like I'm selective about which AFI records. Do I yeah. Listen to. That's fair. I was just thinking, uh, the closest I probably got to getting into the misfits, um, growing up as a kid who like you know most of my records at that time or a lot of them were tooth and nail based yeah. uh definitely got into the deadlines which is just like this funny sort of thing like they were fine i mean they 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 changed like their first uh their first record which i think is called is it life and death or death and life of the deadlines um <laughs> yeah that it it's good. And then they kind of like turned into like more of like a glam rock band, which was this thing that tooth and nail had a few bands that did that. They went from being like punk bands. Another one was squad five Oh, that went from being like a, um, like a, um, an op IV sort of inspired, you know, ska punk band mm-hmm. and then released a record called bombs over Broadway, which was way more like New York dolls sort of thing, yep. which had its moments that were really good. Um, the deadlines I, I never really followed up with them after that first one, but it was just so funny because being like this horror punk band and, you know, they had songs that were all about, you know, campy horror movies, right? Like I would say more than anything, they were like pulling from the classics, you know, uh, night of yeah. the living dead sort of vibes. Right. Like, so, right. Um, their biggest song was probably go, go to the graveyard, which uh, it was just funny because they had to, at that time include, this little like insert with the CD that, you know, I don't remember which song specifically and what their explanation was, but it was literally like, 
explaining how go go to the graveyard is about jesus or something like that right like so like incredibly (laughs) ridiculous but they were a fun band at the same time and from what i understand i never saw them live but i think they kind of went all in with the theatrics you know at their live shows and stuff like that so i mean i guess good for them i don't know whatever happened to them after those tooth and nail years if they any of them are still making music or not but um that was also definitely a time where like this maybe still happens. I don't know as much now, but like where like Christian music had like their Christian versions of secular bands, you know, I, I granted I've seen this with like, you know, like bands that aren't Christian where it's like, Oh, if you're a fan of these bands, you'll like this band. Right. There was trying to think which there was a band that I bought that was literally like, if you're a fan of Jimmy world and death cab for cutie, you'll like this band. I can't remember. They weren't like a Christian band. That's why I was like, Oh, this is weird to see this on like a, on just, you know, in a normal music store. <laughs> Switchfoot. Yeah. No, it wasn't Switchfoot. See that. Um, but oh, I wish I could remember who it was. Cause it was actually, it had some moments that were okay, but all in yeah. all, I'm like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, you know, play the Jimmy world death cab for cutie card with these guys. <laughs> like that's a bit, a bit of a stretch, but basically they're saying like, Hey, if you like emo rock, emo pop rock <laughs> you know you'll like these guys um but yeah the deadlines were like obviously like the the christian version of the misfits and yeah uh, good on them i guess i mean they had the huntingtons who were yeah. s- a straight up not necessarily ramones clone but very very similar to classic screeching weasel right here you want to hear a crazy story about the huntingtons Please. they were they were 100% a Ramones clone to the point that they actually played shows as Joey Ramones backing band. They entered wow. They entered a contest to play a set of shows. I don't remember if it was a tour or if it was just like a couple shows. Um as Joey Ramones backing band, they signed up I think under some other name because obviously they couldn't go in as the Huntingtons like there was at least somewhat of a name there. You know, they were a touring band, whatever they had records out. People could figure that out, I guess. So they went in with, I think some other name and ended up winning this contest and then, you know, played shows with them. Like it's pretty, they're, they're pretty crazy. Um, But uh, they were, they did a whole, (laughs) this makes me laugh. They had a a quote unquote live album that was called the good, the bad and the ugly. And it was like, it was all recorded in studio, but Uh like they had like, they just like, uh in post inserted what sounded like massive crowds and mm-hmm. then they had like this little bit of banter that would go on between songs <laughs> that is like yeah. so it was like it was live but it was all 100 recorded in studio which i mean sure <laughs> i had it so they they sold me on it um mm-hmm. but yeah that was totally a thing man whereas like oh if you like this band you know you're gonna like this this band that sings about jesus which most of them a lot of them didn't you know, like, I don't know that the Huntingtons ever sang a song about Jesus, you know, no. like, <laughs> they, they sang, they had a song called Jeannie hates the Ramones. <laughs> Jeannie had a birthday. So I took her to see the Ramones play. Yeah. <laughs> Jeannie hates the Ramones. Yeah. It's great. Great tune. I mean, it, it, I like to, to think of that era of tooth and nail as like these bands were great on their own, yeah. like Stave Zaker and Slick mm. Shoes, Craig's brother. Yeah. I know, uh, you know, they've been featured on a previous episode, yeah. uh, but it, it's, it's like those bands stood very well on their own. Mm-hmm. Um, there was Watishiwa, uh, Hangnail, yeah. uh, <laughs> man, it's, 
it, it was it, it it's a very long list of yeah. bands that were on Tooth and Nail and and BEC yep. and as, as well as Solid State, you know, which were more of the metal and hardcore bands. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it, it's it's kind of funny how like I was getting into horror movies, but also listening to a lot of like bands on this Christian label. But I was also listening to AFI and yeah, yeah. And uh, Blink One Eighty Two, and then you know Jimmy Eat World, the Ataris, yeah, uh, and and funny enough, a lot of Ben Folds Five. Oh, I was there too, man. Um, well, Ben Folds Songs for Silverman, yeah. that record. Like I, I looked for that record because I saw it once in store, and I don't know if all the you know like releases came like this, but I'd seen one where it was this book, right? Like it was released as a hardcover book with like glossy pages. It was. It was, it was great it didn't come in just a cd jewel case and so i'd seen it once and thought man i want to buy that so then i looked for it for a little while and finally i did find it and uh it's a it's a pretty great record or and the ben folds five stuff that came before it like um yeah man like that was that was a time for discovering music <laughs> yeah and it's it just kind of seemed like I didn't have a lot of friends to hang out with, right? <laughs> uh, because because uh, the friends I was telling you about that really got me into horror movies and Seinfeld and Friends yeah. at the Friends the TV show, um, they all went to uh, they all moved to Austin to go to University of Texas. I went to Fort Worth to go to TCU, and so I would see them a couple of times a semester. But it's like I go off to Fort Worth and I really had no friends to hang out with. Mm -hmm. So I spent a lot of time uh, buying punk records and watching horror movies. And I, this is so sad, but it was like, (laughs) I remember what I remember watching Halloween and Halloween two in my apartment uh, and, and being really bummed on Halloween night because no trick or treaters came by my apartment. Right. And, And I was like, man, this, this is like really sad. And, <laughs> and so like, um, anyway, but it, it, it's just kind of like, as I was like wanting to spend time with friends because they weren't around, I was just like, well, let's watch a bunch of movies. Let's love rent a lot of stuff from blockbuster. And then let's go to CD trade world. And, oh, they had the new AFI all hallows EP, even though there was a, the 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 song order got jumbled up oh. but they never they never fixed it that's why the third track like goes really really long and then the fourth track is really short because <laughs> the that third track was supposed to be, supposed the, to be last the last track. track yeah but it's it's but it's stuff like that that you know i was i was really investigating into all mm. this stuff but i was also going funny enough to lifeway family bookstore yeah. because that's <laughs> That's where you could get Craig's brother, pretty much every tooth and nail band oh, they, yeah. carried, they yep. carried. Yep. And, and so like, you know, so it's like, that was really the time for me to dive into all kinds of music and movies. But, you know, in retrospect, I was being very, very selective, but, you know, at least I was listening to Ben Folds five. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good old Ben Folds. Um, so have you I, I i know i asked you this the other day when we were texting and so i don't know if, if this has changed but have you listened to ice nine kills yes i have yeah so uh, it's it's kind of crazy they had yeah. that song and you wanted to talk about stabbing in the dark 
specifically about Halloween, which is what like so the first time I I watched um Halloween the original was just like this past summer because on my road trip out to the west coast i had downloaded the silver scream by ice nine kills i had heard it prior like when it first came out because like the last track on the album features less than jake and i'm like what is this and you listen to it it's just like absolutely bonkers music um but it's it's all about the movie it and uh and i was kind of like okay i don't know if i'm so much into this and then you know i I came back to it and they just write some of the most like just catchiest hookiest choruses like that are going today and you know like this one stabbing in the dark it's right up there but anyways as i was like going through the songs it's like oh man i want to watch some of these movies and so for whatever reason halloween was the first one i think what i had done is i had looked um uh, there's an app called just watch where you can like type in a movie or TV show and it can, and it'll tell you where you can stream it or buy it digitally. Um, hmm. So yeah, it'll be like, Oh, if it's on Netflix or Amazon prime or whatever. And Halloween, I wanted to watch one of the, like the original ones, right? Like, so whether it was that or nightmare on Elm street or, you know, any of these classics and um, Halloween, I saw I could get digitally from my library. And so I was like, Oh sweet. Whereas like all the other ones, none of the originals were on any streaming services that I had. Right. So I was like, yeah. okay, well I'll get this, I'll get Halloween and uh, watched it. And, you know, like found myself simultaneously. Like there are, there are parts where, you know, like even today I'm a you know, little bit on the edge of my seat kind of going like, okay, is he going to be around that corner? You know, I feel like they played with that tension really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also obviously, you know, you can't get a- away from the fact that there's some stuff that is, uh, gotten real campy and aged in an incredibly like cheesy, but endearing way. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And that goes back yeah. to what we were talking about before. We're like horror movies, the horror genre, you know, as a whole is really changed over time. Like, uh, I'm often reminded I went and years ago when uh, the remake of Amityville horror came out with Ryan Reynolds, I went and saw it because at the time I was like, wait, how's the Van Wilder guy and the two guys in a pizza place, two guys, a girl, in a pizza place or whatever guy gonna act in a horror movie. Like this is wild. You know, I, I hadn't seen Amityville horror at that time. And so I went and saw it, watched it in the theater and was like, and, and enjoyed it for what it was and went, now I want to go watch the original. So me and my buddy went home rented the original and watched it and just it was it was a a fascinating like just like case study sort of thing of like how horror has changed because we literally watched something that was now 20 years old almost to like now right but um right at that time it was modern and it was you know the way horror movies were and then watched the original and just going oh man like back in the day all the scares and all the like what you were on the edge of your seat for was literally like jump scares right like yeah oh, it's going to be glass shattering and the sound's just going to make you go like this or a cat like screeching or something like that. Where now it's, you know, or 20 years ago, anyways, it was like, okay, you're going to see something that's kind of like gory and, and eerie and creepy. And you're going to be like, ah, do I, do I look away? Like, what is this sort of thing? Like, um, so it's just, and, and Halloween, I think kind of falls in line with that in like, if, you know, I haven't seen any of the new ones, but I can only imagine that either if they're not just directly like paying homage to the way things used to be, if they're making them as modern versions, I can only imagine like they're gorier, more violent um, and less like, 
I mean, when he, I forget the guy's name in, in the original Halloween, but when he like strangles the one guy and then stabs him, he like sticks him to yeah. the wall. Like yeah. just like that whole scene. I'm like, okay, he stabbed him like this. Eh. <laughs> and then he's yeah. just like hanging from the wall in the shadows. It's like, if they did that now, he would have put a knife in him and like pulled it up and you would have heard all the, you know, like the sounds. And then it just would have gotten much more. Oh, graphic. It's absolutely true. The way that Bob is dispatched in the original versus how, uh, certain characters are dispatched yep. in Halloween kills miles of difference. <laughs> yeah. I, I do have to ask you this Yeah, since you brought it up and this is a little kind of off topic about Halloween, but since you mentioned Ryan Reynolds mm-hmm. and you remember him from Brian Wilder. Yeah. I remember him as Billy, the drummer from 15 not oh. the band, not not the band 15, yeah. but there was a show on Nickelodeon called 15 and originally <laughs> and it was filmed in Canada. Yeah. And I think it was known as Hillside okay. in Canada. But Billy was the drummer of a band called Teenagers in Love. Amazing. And and it was Ryan Reynolds as a 15 year old. Yeah. And, and uh and it's just like, so I was just curious if, if you remember that show. No, but it's funny that you bring that up because another Ryan that I do remember from maybe it was a Nickelodeon show, but Ryan Gosling was in this show where I want to say, was, was it Breaker High or is that something that came out more recent? But he was in this show where like the whole idea was they went to school on like a cruise ship. Um, Breaker High is a Canadian American teen comedy drama. That ran from 97 to 98. Uh, yeah, so that's definitely what it was in YTV, YTV in Canada, UPN in the States. And I'm just double checking that Ryan Gosling was in it. Yep. He totally was. Ryan Gosling was in it. He played <laughs> so funny. Cause I remember seeing him in this, in this TV show, he played Sean Stanley Hanlon. Um, and then I don't remember what it was. I saw him in years later, but uh, all of a sudden I was like, Whoa, that's that's that guy from Breaker High because I like that show. What'd you say the show was called that Ryan Reynolds was in? It was in a, in the U.S. called Fifteen, but I believe in Canada it was called Hillside. Let's see. Yeah, uh, Fifteen TV series Hillside. Oh yeah, that's funny because yeah, this Hillside is a Canadian uh, American teen drama on YTV in Canada and Nickelodeon from ninety one to ninety three. So that shows like our age difference. I was watching yeah. you know YTV, which was basically Nickelodeon in Canada. Uh, a few years later than you. And um, I just want to see who Ryan Reynolds played. Uh, Yeah. Ryan Reynolds as Billy Simpson seasons one to four, the younger brother of Courtney. That's Mm -hmm. awesome. Yeah. That's so funny. Like, cause is, is Ryan Gosling, is he Canadian or is he American? He's Canadian. Yeah. Okay. And that's, which would make sense. Um, Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, (laughs) that's too awesome. But uh, yeah. Um, Oh, but back to ice nine kills. So you yeah, did yeah, yeah. like, so did you check them out uh, like on my recommendation or had you listened to them before? The name was familiar. Cause I yeah. think they had played warp tour a couple of years Probably. that I covered for the observer. Yeah. But when you're all like, Oh, but this record is all inspired by like horror movies. I'm like, yeah. let's listen. And it's, it's crazy fun metalcore, yeah. pop punk, yeah. you know? And, uh, and also theatrical to a certain degree. Uh-huh. Yep. And so uh, I was, I was glad. And I think I might have to add Mary Axmas to my uh, <laughs> Christmas my, playlist, my Christmas playlist, which yeah. is now at um, 
29 hours. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So it's called, Oh, go ahead. Uh, it's called never ending Christmas and I will always <laughs> add to it. That's I will awesome. never subtract to it, but yeah. It, yeah. So. Yeah. Um, so we're, did, so did you just check out the silver scream? Did you listen to their new one? Welcome to Horrorwood. I did not check so, out Welcome to Horrorwood. So Welcome yeah. to Horrorwood, they just released, I think it was like a week ago or so. It wasn't, I don't, I don't think it was this past Friday, but the Friday before maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, it's same thing. Like they're fought, they followed up the silver scream with this, where they're all like horror influenced songs. And they have like, there's a song about American psycho on there, which is actually really good. Uh, and then there's, um, they have a song about child's play, uh, pet cemetery. So they like start pulling on, you know, the ones they didn't touch, I guess. And on the silver scream, the final cut, which is like the deluxe edition or whatever, they actually have a song, uh, that's inspired by scream, um, which is, which is pretty great. But, but yeah, I, I absolutely like, it is so fun. And I, I get people who don't like it. Like I've had discussions at length with Aaron about ice nine kills. And I'm like, I just don't understand, you know, like how, cause I can see past, like, he's like, I, I just can't get past, you know, like that, you know, they're, they're just writing songs inspired by horror movies. I'm like, well, I guess if you don't like horror movies, you're kind of, kind of be like, okay, like, what's with you know the little interjections where they've got like dialogue going on or things like that you know sure i guess it can get a little um a little niche in that sense but um i just like the first time i really listened to it because i'm not huge into horror movies like i don't have a problem with them and in fact this like made me want to watch some so i'll I'll give it that credit but like before listening to it i was kind of like i don't typically go oh i want to see such and such a horror movie right like i don't watch a ton of movies as is so you know, that's probably plays a big part in that, but, um, but the, the choruses and the riffs, like everything about it, I just think is so well done Yeah, that I don't know if they do a disservice to themselves by, you know, like becoming the band they've become. Cause like the record before the silver scream, which was called, I think every trick in the book were songs that were all inspired by books, um, which is neat. So then, but then they decided to kind of go that extra step with the silver scream. And I think they really nailed it. And they kind of get a little meta on the American Psycho song because, like, what's uh, the scene in the movie or whatever where he goes on about? Is it Huey Lewis in the news? Yeah, yeah. So they like do this bit in the middle of the song where he like breaks down, like he's giving that exact same spiel, except it's about Ice Nine Kills and how you know they're just like this gimmicky <laughs> band that, uh, but but you know they they're best. They they really came into their own with the Silver Scream and stuff like that. So it's kind of funny, um, hmm. but yeah, they're they're a lot of, a lot of fun for me um, because I think they are such great all around songwriters. The new album, I don't like quite as much as this one. It is a lot faster. Like there, I found a lot more songs that were, you know, kind of going at a bit more of a breakneck speed versus like these ones that'll, you know, these ones knock on the door at times, a little bit of some butt rock, um, which I'm like, <laughs> uh, you know, they have the song about, uh, is it Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Maybe that's like kind of pretty like, you know, they, there's not any screaming in it and they're singing a lot more like, (laughs) interesting. (laughs) That's, that was a very poor interpretation of the vocals, but that it definitely changes a little bit on this one song, but um, yeah, man, they're, they're too much fun. I listened to them so many times driving this summer. Uh, I've got five kids, so they watch a movie and I put headphones on while we drive through the mountains and I'm just like listening while driving, trying not to like sing out, these songs while they're watching because they're just so catchy 
Oh yeah. 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 Uh, on a much lesser extent, I understand the, the kind of challenges about being in a horror themed band. Yeah. Cause uh, I, I was in one and, yes. uh, and, uh, but we, we had songs about like people under the stairs, yeah. uh, uh, Ash versus evil dead. Um, and there's only so many different ways that you can do that kind of stuff. But I think ice nine kills is, is doing a lot of fun stuff. Yeah. And, and, and the band that I played in, uh, was fun. It, it, yeah. and, uh, while, while it lasted, um, uh, and they actually did put out a record, but I'm not on it. And and, and the singer that's also in Cape mountains with me. Uh, he's on the demo, but he's not on the record. Mm. Um, and so it was a very interesting little experiment for us to be in. But it's like, how many horror movies can you like, you know, reference yeah. for your music? And uh, but I think for Ice Nine Kills, nah, they 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 have a pretty wide palette about what they want to do. Well, and I would say if you haven't, you should take the time one morning or afternoon or whatever, because uh the music videos for the like the pre-release singles that they had released for uh, Welcome to Horrorwood, uh, the it's it's like a movie in itself. Like they tell the whole idea with Welcome to Horrorwood is it's supposed to be these like, you know, these lost tapes that were found of this serial killer who the lead singer of the band is portraying the serial killer, right? And so I I think the idea is supposed to be like each song is kind of like, you know, like talking about how you know this he killed this one person or the next person or whatever so they have like these series of music videos that are all even strung together some of them with like in between bits that don't have songs they're literally just standalone scenes that they've uploaded to their youtube and it's uh it's it's pretty great stuff um hmm. probably not tos uh friendly um a lot of the videos a lot of blood and gore in them but uh you know they're up there <laughs> yeah but yeah man um i think we'll we'll probably like wrap it up there because i don't know what else unless there's like one more thing you wanted to say about halloween or something uh just saying like halloween's our favorite thing uh i mean i love christmas but at the same time halloween is is a special thing my wife and i got to go to salem massachusetts uh in october of last year yeah and that is something that uh we would love to repeatedly go to because it's just like when we've grown up in the South, we're used to Halloween being of a certain way, yeah. but seeing it in new England, is just like a special sort of thing. Yeah. And so, you know, it's, it, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's one of the most fun, like little holidays. Let's just right. put it that way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But then again, you don't get the day off for Halloween, but uh, yeah, I mean, like lots of, I mean, we watch horror movies year round, but we don't live like it's Halloween year round. Right. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I mean, like a lot of horror punk has held up very well. I mean, just you playing that AFI stuff earlier just reminded me of yeah. like, oh, yeah, there was this time that I really, really liked AFI and Black Sails in the Sunset. As I said, you know, I have it. I actually have it right here for, uh, <laughs> for reference um, is is you know, in darkness together, we're, we're bringing the light, you know, just, you want to sing that stuff. And, uh, and, and, and I never really thought about it, but it's like, until I was talking with you tonight about it, it's like, I was really getting into pop punk, hardcore and all sorts of other things with it. 
at the same time of getting into horror movies when yeah. I was a freshman and sophomore in college. So yeah. it's interesting how I trace my roots to this for another threads episode of growing up punk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do have to ask, you, you mentioned like loving Christmas. So with yeah. how, Hall- with Halloween stuff, is it, cause for me, like I like the build up to Christmas and then mm-hmm. once like, I mean, I guess you guys don't have boxing day in the States, right? Like the day no. after Christmas. So, so when you we, get, we know. So, yeah. So like at Christmas, do you just get Christmas day off? As, um, a, as a as a like a stat holiday which industry are you talking about i guess just like in general right like up here like we get christmas day is like a federal holiday as is boxing day so like you get both of those days off unless you know you have to work your job requires it and then you get paid whatever like time and a half or whatever it is like to to work so is it just uh, the one day you get off we just get christmas day off but a lot of people take christmas be- between Christmas and new year's off, um, where I work, uh, we get Thanksgiving and black Friday Friday. off. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of pointless to, uh, want to work between Christmas Eve and, uh, and and new New year's Year's day. Um, I, just as a side note, I will really look forward to Christmas Eve, Christmas day. And, uh, the days after that this year, because I had COVID, last year uh, on on the day before christmas uh, eve <laughs> last year yeah and then i gave it to my wife and yeah. uh yeah not something i would ever want to repeat yeah uh, no for sure so, so it's like uh looking forward to halloween 2021 as well as christmas 2021 yeah definitely uh, but what i was going to ask is like with like the movies and the music and stuff does that like do you turn that off pretty quick with Christmas? Like myself, I'm like, once boxing days rolled around, I'm kind of like, okay, like once we're done boxing day, I'm like, I'm done with the Christmas movies and the Christmas music. I'm ready to get back to normal. Or do you kind of keep it rolling through? I, I would say I'm, I'm like you, yeah. um, you know, it's like, I'm, I, I can listen to Christmas music all throughout uh, December yeah, and, and love it. But then by Christmas day, I'm like, eh, I've got all my right. fill of it. I'm you know? good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I even remember when MTV would go all Christmas uh, on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, and that was yeah. it yeah, yeah. Um, as compared to radio stations that uh, flip formats in October oh, man. For, for, for the rating spikes. <laughs> yeah, you know? that's, I mean, that's the, crazy. The, the rating spikes are just too good to pass up. So. For sure. Yeah. But yeah. Um, but yeah, like for myself, it's funny because like, you, you tied horror movies to Halloween. Obviously the Halloween movies are literally called Halloween. So yeah. there's that, but, um, but they don't feel the same as Christmas movies where it's like, it feels weird to watch Christmas movies, you know, in May. Right. Absolute, but, ab- but you absolutely. Could, you could pull out a horror movie and be like, whatever. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like I, I definitely feel more inclined to like, want to watch, you know, those kind of movies in October, because I guess you're seeing it everywhere. It's like, okay, but um, yeah, it's, it's different, but anyway, yeah. let's, uh, let's wrap it up before we start rambling on about our favorite Christmas movies. Um, yeah. so, <laughs> That's a future episode of growing up punk. With yeah, David. It could be, who knows, who knows, but uh, so yeah, we look, we look forward to kind of doing more 
not not all of our episodes obviously but some episodes on movies and stuff like that and if we can tie it into the world of punk and hardcore that's a beautiful thing too so um yeah. but whatever wherever you're listening share the show with your friends if you got friends who are fans of horror movies or any of these bands or what have you uh you could tell them about it go follow us on instagram and twitter at growing punk pod uh where can they find you again if you want to share it uh, you can find me on Twitter, E-R-I-C underscore G-R-U-B-B-S. And you can also find me on Instagram, Eric J. Grubbs. There you go. So that's going to do it. So goodbye. Goodbye.